Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Texans have been fighting against the harms caused by renewable energy for almost two decades, ever since the Texas legislature in 2005 dramatically increased subsidies for renewable generation. And those fights have been going on across Texas for years now in dozens of counties all across Texas. Though, unfortunately, you really wouldn't know that from the actions of members of the Texas legislature who continue to ignore these harms and these battles that are taking place in their own legislative districts. Well, the Wall Street Journal, however, is paying attention. And we're going to talk about that and more on this week's episode of the Liberty Cafe. Hi, this is Bill Peacock, and it's a blessing to have you here with me this week on the Liberty Cafe. Uh, I'm always so grateful that you listen in and get to take part in what I'm trying to do here and what we at Texas Scorecard, the sponsor of Liberty Cafe, is trying to do here as well. And, and as I know that you are trying to do, we're all in the battle for liberty together to, to seek out and overcome oppression and, and to work to develop liberty in our lives around us, free from oppression of government, but also free from the oppression of our own sin. And so we're glad that you are here with us this week. I'm glad that you're here with us this week. Well, this week I'm going to run an interview that I did with uh, Robert Pratt on his radio show and podcast recently. I thought we, we had a conversation about renewable energy, and it, I thought it went really well, and we thought it covered a lot of good points. So I'm going to run that here in just a minute. But before I get to that, I, I just want to talk about this Wall Street Journal editorial. It, it's really amazing. It ran in the Wall Street Journal uh, last Friday, and, uh, and it was titled... A Texas-sized energy fiasco. And, and here's how it started out. Texas Republicans are trying to fix the enormous inefficiencies caused by federal and state renewable subsidies with state subsidies that cause more inefficiencies. So we've had this problem for a long time with both major expenses but also major reliability problems with the Texas grid. Most of that's caused by renewable energy subsidies. But rather than tackle those renewable energy subsidies, as the Wall Street Journal points out here, they're just going to give other generators, natural gas and coal and nuclear, more subsidies to try and get them to to uh, produce more electricity, which, which hasn't worked out very well because of the problems caused by that. Particularly is this plan that just passed the Texas Senate and Senate Bill six recently and then it was fortified in the texas budget basically what it would do it would pay some company uh, berkshire hathaway apparently had a lobbyist testifying in favor of this bill who knows if berkshire, berkshire hathaway would actually get the the job or not but it would pay this company up to like 10 billion dollars to build generation just to sit there in case we needed it and then when we do need it we'll still have to pay for the electricity 10 billion dollars it's pretty interesting that if you look at the Texas budget from this last week, it contains more payments to energy companies, $13.9 billion total, $10 billion for this uh, plan that Senator Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is, is promoting, and then another $3.9 billion to pay off debts caused uh, incurred by energy companies caused by the PUC artificially raising 
prices back in 2021. That's $13.9 billion going to energy companies. But guess how much the Senate budget has in it for property tax relief? Only $9.8 billion. There's a, there's a problem here with the priorities of the folks in the Senate. Meanwhile, billions of dollars are going out the door to foreign companies, you know, renewable energy companies, foreign companies like NextEra. They're, they're foreign. They're from Florida. But also really uh, foreign companies, Germany's Eon and England's renewable energy systems. They're, they're getting a lot of these billions of dollars that we have every year in renewable energy subsidies. And, and now, but that's not enough for the Texas Senate, apparently, because now they're going to give more billions of dollars to Vistra and NRG and Constellation. It's not just this $10 billion or the $13.9 billion in the Senate plan, but it's other billions of dollars they're giving them through mechanisms involved in the, in the electric grid. And it gets all complicated, but it's a lot of your money. Like last year, it was. It's estimated the the cost of those subsidies was about three point something billion dollars. So that's on top of the subsidies for renewable energy, and then these other subsidies the Senate is trying to pass in its budget. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about because I think it really sets the stage well for the discussion that I had with Robert Pratt. So I'm going to turn you over to that. And um, thanks a lot for being here this week on the Liberty Cafe. Welcome back to Pratt on Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, it is truly an honor to have uh, with us Bill Peacock. He's an old friend of the show. He's been with us in person before uh, many times over a very long period of time, well over 16 years, I guess. And one of the things I like about Bill Peacock, not only is he economist guy, you know, limited government, let the markets work guy, one of the things Bill wrote is so true. He wrote, while unbelievers completely ignore Scripture in every aspect of life, I'm convinced that believers, even Orthodox, evangelical believers, too often do much the same thing. Don't we all? He said the Bible offers far more assistance for cosmologists seeking the origins of the universe and policymakers seeking to deal with property and or poverty and prosperity than most give it credit for. And you know, Bill... That is that is so right, because right and wrong never changes. It never changes. God's Word is eternal and will outlast even the physical creation. God tells us that. And, and that's a good perspective. We would be a lot better off as a people if our elected officials came at things with that perspective. Go to prayer and consult God's Word before we take actions. A lot of good people, but you're right. Even believers don't do it. So welcome back to Pratt on Texas Bill Peacock, and I just wanted to brag on you to the audience because I think your perspective is so good. Let's talk about the electric reliability or unreliability or whatever they are, uh, <clears throat> Council of Texas, ERCOT, and the big state grid, the interstate grid, and all these issues. This show, my listeners are pretty up to speed on this. I've been covering it for a very long time, even before the big, the big winter freeze a few years ago. The Legislature's meeting, and you you contend there's you contend exactly as I do, by the way, that there's a real problem with the solutions being offered, uh, and you you say the only way to ensure the reliability and affordability of the Texas grid is to stop politicians from running it. Bingo! Back up and explain to us why that's the case. Well, thanks for having me on, Robert. I really appreciate it. It's always been a a blessing to uh, be part of your show. 
Well, you're absolutely right on this, and, and, and it goes back a long way, and, and I won't get into all the history details, but essentially, Texas in 1999 decided to introduce competition into the grid because before that, it was just utilities would come to the PUC and say, we want to sell electricity for this much, and they'd have an argument with the PUC, and the PUC would say this much, and then at the end of the day, they'd charge that much, and then consumers would be stuck with that no matter whether we needed all the electricity they were bringing or not and at that price. But then we had competition, and for eh, 15 years or so, it really worked. You know, prices went up, prices went down, but they went down a lot more than they went up. Yeah, I was gonna, had, let me let me remind everybody, this is all part of the Texas miracle. We began to see some large manufacturers exactly. come here because our power, remember Governor Davis in California and the great brownouts and all of this, uh, our free market system for electricity actually gave us generally speaking, some of the lowest electricity prices in these United States. So it did work, and it had direct effect of industry moving to Texas. And it, and it wasn't just the price. It was the reliability of the system, because the, it, rather than having the, the government decide how much electricity we needed, the market, the people in the market decided it. The, the, man, the generators and the manufacturers and the consumers they all work together through the pricing system, and we had plenty of electricity. Even that really, you may remember, really hot, dry summer of 2011. Uh, you know, peak use, it, it all worked. And but then, you know, what happened was you had this kind of group coming together against it. There were the generators who, all around the rest of the country just went to the government for money. Here in Texas, they had to work for it. They liked it as well, as long as they were making money. But when it started to not make as much money, they uh, rebelled and wanted subsidies. And then the regulators and politicians, they, they got kind of, they didn't like it so much either because it was out of their control and they didn't want to get blamed for something that wasn't under their control. So well, they also, also the human nature of less power. Well, yeah, there, there's always that. Um, Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And then finally, uh, there were all the, the consumer advocates and left-wing folks and the environmentalists who always like to regulate anything anyway. So basically, over the last 10-plus years, we've seen this movement towards regulation of the market. And that's why we are seeing this crisis today of much higher prices and much lower reliability. It's not because the markets don't work. It's because what we have today is not a market. We have politicians and bureaucrats running our electric grid, pretending like it's a market. And so what they're trying to do today, all the solutions out there, most of them anyway, what the PUC is doing, what Governor Abbott is pushing, uh, the House tends to back that plan. And then the Senate has come up last week with its plan. They all want to double down on this model. And yet, politicians and bureaucrats running the system. And yet it, they, they do it in a way where it looks like that's not what they're doing. Uh, they seem to, to be doing it in a way that, that makes it look as if they're um, trying to correct problems in the market. You said that uh, everybody knows that knows anything about the grid here. The, the people that are honest with it know that it's been caused by government intervention. And yet they're doubling down on more government intervention uh, some of the individual things they've proposed, you know, great. I mean, you know, don't let uh, don't let the uh, make the the 
the, don't give the renewal the they're not renewable energy these uh, these solar and wind people they don't renew <laughs> right. anything they simply convert energy from one state to another exactly the same way as a gas fired plant or coal plant or anything else um, exactly but they 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 have some points in their bills uh, that make it appear like oh we're correcting for some of this but I don't think that we're going to f- to deal with this honestly and in a way that's that's good for Texas until the politicians are willing to admit that they caused the problem in part by not just the federal, but the state subsidies and the state incentives to build all of this wind and solar out there. Because there are so many hidden costs in that, folks. These CRES lines, these connection lines, they're just sticking that on your bill and making you pay it when one of these places builds something 250 miles away from a good interconnect point. And... That's crazy. I mean, that's not market stuff. So the investors in the renew- the solar and the wind energy are getting so much subsidies from the federal government that often they can sell at a negative price, pay people to take it and still have a, a gross margin that's in the positive. Certainly they can do it at zero and do often. But and the consumer says, well, that's good. Yeah, well, yeah, but you got to compare the other costs involved with it. They're always trade-offs. I mean, these interconnect lines just go on your bill. It has nothing. If you use no electricity, you're still paying it because it's part of the base fee. You're exactly right. There was a study came out that came out last year and, and reported that because of wind and solar Power, electricity from wind and solar farms in, in Texas since 2000 and some period of time, uh, wholesale electricity prices have dropped 20, were $27 billion below where they might have been otherwise. And, and I, I didn't look at the methodology to see if that number was accurate. I just said, okay, let's take that as a given. And then I went in with the Energy Alliance, where I'm working on this issue right now, I calculated the amount of subsidies that had gone uh, from the federal government, state government, and local governments into to support those industries, and, and it's $24 billion over that same period of time. So essentially, if there has been a price break of that much in the uh, Texas electricity grid, your, your electricity bills are somewhat lower, $24 billion of that is, is just subsidies. Right. And, and so basically the prices might be lower some, but it's because you're paying for it on your income taxes and your property right. taxes and through other ways. It's always, so, I mean, a, it's always a trade-off for visiting with Bill Peacock. We'll be back in a moment on Pratt on Texas. Pratt's interview continues in a moment. Stand by. Need attachments on your skid steer to street sweep, pallet forks, brush cutters, snow blades, or land levelers? West Texas Attachments can help you today. West Texas Attachments is your go-to on all skid steer attachments. Rent or buy, westtexasattachments.com has attachments for every type of skid steer job. Rock and brush attachments, manure forks for dairies and cow lots. Westtexasattachments.com delivers when you need it. Go to westtexasattachments.com. What happens if another party responsible for your injury doesn't step up to make your loss whole? How do you go about getting what you're owed for your loss? Ted Liggett and the Liggett Law Group can help get those responsible to actually accept and act on that responsibility. Ted Liggett does it every day with integrity, advocacy, and results. Call Ted Liggett, the heavy hitter, at 806-744-HURT or visit LiggettLawGroup.com. Don't be cheated. Call Ted Liggett and the Liggett Law Group. 
I've told you about my wonderful experience with Dr. Sylvia Zuniga in dental care in Costa Rica. Not only was it among the most positive experiences and best dental work I've experienced, my trip to Costa Rica, one of the hottest tourist destinations on the planet, included a top hotel for a week, fancy dinners, airfare for both Isabel and me, and even a private driver, and the entire bill, total spending, was less than half of the best quote I got at home, a quote that was for much less dental work than I obtained from Dr. Zuniga. A couple from Lubbock now knows what I mean. They wrote to say, we used your suggestion to go to Sylvia in Costa Rica. She was wonderful. Instead of 7400 bucks, I spent 1640 and not only for my dental work, but for my husband's too. It was a refreshing adventure, and she guided us and things to do. Thank you for letting listeners know. If you have big dental needs and challenges, learn more about Dr. Sylvia Zuniga and dental care by clicking the banner at PrattOnTexas.com. See Sylvia's beautiful face and click the banner at my website, PrattOnTexas.com. Welcome, Texans, and those who wish you were. It's time for more Pratt on Texas. Now, here's your king of the Texas commentariat, Robert Pratt. Welcome back to Pratt on Texas. We're visiting with Bill Peacock, and we're talking about the fact that the legislature and the governor just can't seem to get out of the cycle they've gotten into, and that's having politicians run, manage, set policy for the, the, the market for electricity in Texas. And Bill's laid out the case in the last segment about the, the history, that when we went to really a market-based system, things, <clears throat> pardon me, things worked very well. But over the last decade, there have been more and more intrusions back into it, and they claim it's a market-based system, but it's really not anymore. And the wind and solar people have been a huge part of the problem. Both the House and the Senate are offering up fixes that on paper, there are parts of them that look pretty good. I mean, you know, we're going to look good, but I've been saying from the beginning that no fix is a fix if you're just giving subsidies to people or rewarding them with payment credits or anything to have uh, production available when we um, get into crisis points and need more grid stuff, and unless you put that cost directly on the people who cause the problem. And Bill, it's my contention that everybody else is pretty much dispatchable. They can spin up. The, it's the solar and wind people who can't, and everybody's uh, proposal seems to make us the ratepayers pay for that instead of making those people pay for it. My attitude is if you're going to be on the grid, then you've got to provide for dispatchable power. You can do that in numerous ways. We don't care if y'all want to band together and build a, a gas plant for every so many megawatts of wind power, or whatever, and have it online ready to go. You can do that if you want to uh, pay money to another generator to build more generation, whatever. But shouldn't those investors, because that's what we're talking about, investors who are already rolling in money from federal subsidies and state subsidies to a, to a lesser degree, why aren't they picking up the cost for the problem they've caused to the grid? And why do our politicians, who seem to kind of understand this, why are they not willing to move in that direction? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And, and maybe I can tell the quick story to help us understand that. So back in 2006, the uh, the PUC here in Texas, Public Utility Commission, went after TXU, tried to get $200 million out of them in fines because they were charging prices that were too high. And so they only got like $5 million out of that. But then they, they instituted a bunch of regulations designed to keep prices low because they didn't want prices to get too high. And then the wind and solar guys come in, and as you pointed out, they're getting all these subsidies, so they further drive prices down because they can offer at low prices, and everybody else has to follow them down because 
coal plants can't turn off, nuclear plants can turn off. And so prices go down even lower. Well, then about 2012, everybody started complaining that prices are too low. We can't get enough money to invest in new plants. And then the PUC starts doing this thing to increase prices, but they don't do it by getting rid of the subsidies and getting rid of the regulations. They do it by artificially manipulating the price. And so that's the path we've been on for, like I said, about a decade or so. And and that's what they're doing right now. That's they're, always they're a clear. roller coaster. That's always well, it, a roller coaster when you when you have government regulators start doing that kind of thing. It's sort of like the Fed manipulating money. It just always becomes a, you know, it always whiplashes way one way, the other way, more than they intended. And then it goes back the other way. What What is, what's What's wrong with the idea when it was a market-based system, letting the market work it out? Because that seems to work in everything else. Well, and, and that's what they're doing today, right? It's clear to everybody that the, the, the subsidies are the problem. But they're, they're not willing to take on the subsidies because even Republicans, it seems, are afraid to take on green energy. Right. It's just too much trouble. You know, you, you go after them and they come after you and you look bad to the public because, oh, you're not for the environment and those kind of things. And so rather than go after the subsidies for green energy and just get them out of the way. And this is true even with the Senate plan that you're talking about where they're trying to punish them a little bit. But they're, they're just going after the symptoms. They're going to say, OK, right. you get subsidies. We're going to punish you for that. But they're not going after the subsidies. Instead, they're punishing the green folks a little bit, but then they're imposing, giving more subsidies to the other guys. And it looks like by 2026, where this new uh, House governor plan, and even if you put the Senate plan in there, it looks like on on an annual basis, we're going to have about an $8 billion electricity tax in Texas, except it's not going to be a tax where you see it. It's going to be on your electricity bill. It's going to be on your property taxes, and it's going to be on your income taxes. And and we're not even going to notice it. But I'll but tell you who is. I guarantee you who is going to notice it, and that's Berkshire Hathaway and other people who are, are salivating at getting some kind of uh, special deal with the government regulators where they can come in and we just as ratepayers have to pay them to sit there and produce nothing so that it's available when we need a little extra. I mean, that's, well, that, that's, yeah, that's been Dan, one of the big plans. Yeah, that's Dan Patrick and, and Texas Senate's plans. Uh, and they're, you know, they're different than the, the House. So, right. I mean, the one thing, the one thing I would say that's, that's better about that than the, the House and governor's plan, at least it's probably going to actually result in a new steel right. in the ground generated. Yeah. And but at least you would, eight, huge $8 billion, $8 billion well, is what, these companies are going to get to do this and it's not going to be part of the market. It's going to be government regulated rates that we have to pay whether we like it or not. It's called, by the way, it's called the, um, the, the energy insurance plan. And the yeah. only thing it's going to insure for sure is, is that, more? is that, is that higher electricity prices and more profits for generators. Excellentthought.net is uh, Bill Peacock's site. Excellentthought.net one of the things you say, you know, reliable conservative free market guy, Senator Bob Hall, he's filed his own bill. And, of course, without the leadership behind it, it probably won't gain traction. But who knows? Maybe we can lean on senators. It's SB 1752. And you write about it. It has some great stuff in it. For example, 
eliminates the ability of the PUC to designate more competitive renewable energy zones for transmission of renewable energy and prohibits transmission companies from charging consumers for the cost of building and operating these CRAS transmission lines. Instead, the cost for building and operating the lines that interconnect these far-flung solar and wind operations together, that has to be paid for by their generators, you know, by their investors. If you choose to go build the thing in Hudspeth County and it's going to take 200 miles to get to the grid, why why in the world have we monkeyed this around where the rate payers have to pay for that interconnection? If you built a, a, a gas generating plant way out there in the middle of nowhere, way away from an interconnect to the grid, it would be expected that you have to then pay to build the lines to connect it, just like when Lubbock joined the ERCOT recently and left the Southwest Power Pool, Lubbock ratepayers have to build too big for for redundancy, too big interconnect lines to the, to the ERCOT. But we we've been forcing ratepayers to pay for this. That's crazy. Yeah, and well, you, you, we just throw out that two hundred miles casually, but that's probably half a billion dollars for transmission that that we're paying. In order to connect up some wind farm out there in West Texas, it's it's ridiculous, and that's what Bob Hall does, right? He does what everybody else is afraid to do. He says, "Look, these renewable subsidies and benefits for the renewable energy industry are destroying the reliability of the grid, and they're causing massive price increases. Uh, yeah, the average no, price of electricity over the last year." Uh, just last year alone went up from 12 cents per kilowatt hour to 14 cents. I mean, that's a huge jump year to year. And so he's going after those things. And he says, we're not going to, I don't want to give more subsidies to other people. I want to take away these other subsidies and costs that taxpayers are paying right now. And so Bob Hall is a champion in my mind for what he's doing. Well, that's right. 15 seconds handicap. uh, What, what plan gets through? You know, if if I had to handicap it, I'd say probably nothing. Nothing serious. What the, P, what the PUC does now, which is the Abbott plan, goes through and at great cost to Texas taxpayers. Well, that's, that's what I've been telling people, too. Bill Peacock, excellentthought.net. Thanks so much for your time, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.